Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast, presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level. With me, as always, is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. Although, um, considering that uh, we're only doing one episode this week, we weren't sure if Dylan was going to be with us, uh, as he has uh, been on the the sidelines, on the injury report. Uh, I was sort of on the injury report last week, Dylan on the injury report this week. But Dylan, we uh, you keep fighting through it, and uh, we're back here on the podcast for our, our favorite time of week as we uh, dive into all of our good and always accurate predictions. Yeah, you were questionable for the last one we recorded. I was doubtful and then ended up sitting out. So, yeah, feeling definitely feeling better now. Uh, still a little, uh, my voice, I apologize, definitely a little <laughs> congested still. But it's uh, hopefully by next time we record, I'll be fine. <laughs> Well, you hear him saying this, everyone, but as everyone knows who's listening to this podcast, as a Rams and Dodgers guy, it should be no surprise that he just decided to sit out this last uh, <laughs> podcast due to uh, the Rams game last week and then uh, kind of maybe having a glimpse into what was going to happen with the Dodgers, but uh, we'll discuss that another time, maybe too soon still uh, on those wounds, but uh, all right, let's go ahead. Let's get into uh, what everybody's here for, and that's the uh, picks for week six of the NFL season. And uh, as we always do, we'll run through every game, give you our thoughts, uh, give you our locks, our upsets, uh, our biggest games, most exciting games of the week, all that good stuff. And uh, we start off with the Thursday night matchup, which, as always, uh, you'll probably be already know what's going to happen in this one when you listen to this podcast. But uh, this one probably won't need a lot of analysis anyways, uh, as the Patriots are 17-point favorites at home against the New York Giants. Uh, I will just go ahead right off the bat and tell you that this is my lock of the week, the Patriots. And, yes, that is a lock in terms of the 17 points because, Dylan, I will just tell you right now, I do not see the Giants scoring a single point in this game. And that's not something you can say very often. Um, Even with Daniel Jones under center for the Giants now, 
There's no Evan Ingram. There's no Sterling Shepard. There's no mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley. There's no Wayne Gallman. Um, good luck because you're playing the best defense in the NFL and you are missing your top weapons, top three weapons, I guess you could say. Um, this is going to be a very tall task for Daniel Jones, which like we said, it's funny because when he, he first started, we said you know he's going to face a tough schedule, but little did we know uh, he's going to have to face the Patriots without probably his, his top three weapons. Yeah, that does not help at all. I mean, we saw in the last game, we, we kind of predicted that uh, he was going to come back to reality against the Vikings defense, and sure enough, they struggled throughout that game. Obviously, no Saquon, and then the injuries to two of his top weapons now. I mean, the Patriots are giving up less than seven points a game. They've obviously not played the best offenses, but this is a defense that is crushing their opponents. They're doing what they're supposed to do against bad opponents. Can't take anything away from them until we see what they do against a better de- uh, offense. You know, they'll probably struggle eventually uh, to an extent against uh, when they get to the tougher meat of their schedule. But in this game, yeah, I- I'm picking the Patriots also. It's not a not a difficult one at all on a short week, too, for Daniel Jones and all those. You know, if they even had Saquon, Ingram, uh, Shepard, everyone, I still would pick the Patriots uh, going away. I-, I do not have them as my lock of the week. I was considering it, but uh, I'll get to mine a little bit later. I, I still think the Patriots will probably cover in this game, and I, I think it'll be not even close at all. I mean, Daniel Jones, uh, again, optimism for Giants fans is great, and over the course of the year, he's going to have some better moments, I believe, after what we saw early in the year, but this is not going to be one of those nights. Well, yeah, it's not, and uh, this is my my Dolphins segment of the week, basically, which we'll get to the Dolphins <laughs> here in a few, but I mean, this is, this is for me like the Dolphins situation where you're playing the Patriots um, and the Giants missing all their top offensive guys and how they're going to score against uh, a just a ridiculous defense, a ridiculous secondary. Uh, I don't see it, and I think this is going to be a very easy win uh, for the New England Patriots. All right, to a game that should probably be a little bit more competitive. And that's the one that will get started at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. This is what everyone loves, to get up very early, watch the London game, and this one will be between the Panthers and the Bucks. Panthers, two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Uh, we've already seen these two teams play this season, Dylan. It was a surprising game uh, where I think both of us picked the Panthers, felt good about it. The Bucks went in. They got the win. Then we started feeling a little bit better about the Bucks. Uh, both these teams kind of in, in similar spots, I guess you could say, right mm-hmm. now. Um, maybe, I don't want to say, I think they've probably been a little bit more a little bit better, I guess, than maybe we thought they'd be, given the way their seasons played out, maybe what our thoughts were on them going into the season. Of course, the Cam Newton thing, not knowing what was going to happen with the Bucks in terms of uh, how their, their revitalized offense was going to look, what their defense was going to look like. But both these teams aren't playing very bad at all, and mm-hmm. um, th- this could be a game, again, even though it's, a, it's an early start in London, uh, this could be one of the better games of the week probably. Yeah, I think it'll be one of the more competitive games at the very least. I don't know how pretty it'll be, obviously, all these games in London, especially with an extra early start time here, 6.30 on the West Coast for myself. So I I might be tuning in (laughs) in the second half. Uh, But overall in this game, a couple teams that, like you said, have been better maybe than we expected. I thought the the Panthers were a team I did consider as a a playoff team, and I still think they can be uh, with how well their defense has played. It's been kind of the strength of their team. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, you got to know what he's done. I mean, we were looking at the stats before this uh, game, and I mean, he already has four games with 175 scrimmage yards this season in just five games. The record in the NFL, uh, Bill Barnwell tweeted out, is six of those games. So he's only two away with 11 games left. I I, I know he (laughs) left the game last week uh, 
late and his health is really key here he sat out practice yesterday but uh, Ron Rivera said that's kind of a standard procedure now at this point for McCaffrey given all the touches he's getting if he's healthy uh, Tampa Bay I mean we saw what happened last week against New Orleans with Kamara I mean overall Tampa Bay is really not that consistent of a team and so it's one that I really did consider picking the Bucks because I was like, you know, in this weird environment, I could just see Tampa Bay coming out and kind of having an offensive explosion again. But I'm going to go with the Panthers here, a little safer pick in my opinion. But overall, I wouldn't be surprised if this one comes down to the last uh, few minutes. Yeah, I've got the Panthers in this one too. But uh, I tell you, with you know, it's it, it all comes down to Jameis Winston, like it usually does for me. I mean, we we've seen him be really good. We've seen him still kind of revert back to, to some of those issues he's had in the past. And this is one of those games where it's a unique setting. Um, you know, it's basically how does he how does he start the game? Because I, I saw someone else mention this. You know, it's almost like if they start the game off well, let's say they score on their opening drive, they, they get some early momentum, he's fine. But if they were to just, let's say, look a little sluggish early, like it just continues like a domino effect, it seems like. And so uh, how that that first quarter is huge, which it is for mm-hmm. any game, but I think especially in a situation like this. I'll still take the Panthers, but, man, Chris Godwin, uh, pro football focus, is top-rated receiver this year. He is just – and you mentioned him, Dylan, before we started the season. Just, he's going to have like a breakout year, and that's happened. Um, and he's clearly becoming the, the guy there for them in that offense. Um, all right, another competitive game uh, I think we'll see here, and that is the Seahawks uh, hitting the road to take on the Cleveland Browns. Seahawks are one-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. Uh, Browns, of course, coming off of a shellacking on Monday night uh, at the hands of the Niners, and uh, people continue to wonder, uh, you know, what, what are the Browns? And it seems like uh, anytime the Browns win a game, they're quick to tell people that, uh, hey, you were wrong about us, and then they come out and get beat by four touchdowns uh, by the Niners. So uh, what do we know about the Browns? I still don't think we completely have any idea. Um, They look good at times. They look bad at times. Uh, and then for the Seahawks, of course, getting a big win uh, against the Rams. As we said, I, I told you that the, those two, the, that game in particular, they always play some of the best games you, you'll mm-hmm. see in the NFL season. That was the case again uh, last Thursday. And uh, now we see how they regroup going into what really feels like, uh, again, what, probably one of the better games of the week. Yeah, it should be a fun one. I think the Browns will definitely bounce back at home and against the Seattle team that, as I've talked about on here a number of times, at you know sitting at four and one I don't really trust them given you know week one okay week one games are always going to be kind of a crapshoot but the fact that they barely beat the Bengals and probably should have lost that game says a lot given the state of Cincinnati right now then they go in they face the Steelers and just win by two points you know against Mason Rudolph and that squad and then last week obviously I mean they didn't really you know for their defensive line and all the improvements they've you know tried to make to their defense the Rams offensive line has struggled but they had their best game probably of the year in Seattle especially in that second half and the Rams I mean if, if Greg Zerline does what he usually does which is drill field goals within 50 yards and even past 50 yards then the Rams come away with a victory there uh, they didn't really generate much pressure it was definitely Goff's best game and I, I think Seattle's secondary again is going to be a little vulnerable here I think Cleveland's offensive line similar to the Rams it has struggled a lot against uh, tougher teams and we'll see what happens uh, we'll get to that game for the Rams a little bit later but I think Cleveland will bounce back here. I'm going to pick them to win. Uh, it's mostly based on you know the 10 a.m. start time as well for Seattle going to the you know not all the way to the East Coast but to Ohio. 
I think for Seattle, definitely a team that's playing a bit over what they're really capable of. And we'll see if the Browns can get a bit healthy here um, compared to past weeks. It's going to be a tough game for both teams, like you said, though. I, I, it really is going to be a good one. I, there's a lot of good games in this early window, which is really exciting for us. But going to pick Cleveland in this one. It, it was a tough one, really, <laughs> between the two, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is one of the tougher ones of the week. And, and Russell Wilson, of course, you know, we talked about him, how well he's played. Oh, uh, top top graded quarterback this year, pro football focus. Uh, he just continues to, to the way he plays. And, I mean, it's just been outstanding to, to watch him, watch this offense. And now, you know, here's the thing. The over-under on this game is 46, I think 46 and a half. I would go over on this. Even though it is, like you said, you maybe worry about the Seahawks a little bit with that early start. Uh, but I still think because both defenses haven't been consistent at all, uh, I would still probably say that you're going to see some points put up in a game like this. Uh, I also, at first I picked the Seahawks, but ultimately I changed to the Browns because I think with the Browns, it's like, well, you you see sort of what you expect them to do is probably what they're not going to do. And so uh, after seeing what they did uh, against the Niners, everybody's like, well, all of a sudden, you know, they're heading in the wrong direction. Well, for me, that just means they're probably going to find a way to win this game and bounce back and uh, get a big win here because it would be a big win. They don't want to move to two and four. Uh, so, yeah, that this will be one of the better games of the week. We're both going to take the Browns. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Should see a lot of points probably in this one. All right, here we go to the uh, – the, the weekly sponsored segment of the Dolphins. Um, and now it's basically this week is the one we've really been waiting for because uh, it's a battle of two teams who are still trying to find a win. Uh, we knew the Dolphins would be there. We didn't exactly know if the Redskins would be there, but here we are. Uh, the Redskins are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one, which I know what you're thinking. Someone not favored by double digits against the Dolphins. That should tell you all you need to know about where things are at for the Redskins. Dylan, I'm going to give you the floor. You're going to do something that has that has never been done on the Establish the Past podcast. You are making history here, I believe, on episode number 15, because this word that is about to come out of your mouth, this sentence, has never happened before on the history of this podcast. So just keep that in mind. Keep, keep the magnitude of the moment in mind as oh, you man. take the floor here. Oh boy, yeah. So I'm uh, as Blake so well uh, led into. I'm picking the Dolphins to win a football game this season. Uh, this might be one of their few chances, as we know they're the worst team in the NFL. But this isn't so much about them as much as it is also about the Redskins, also one of the worst teams in the NFL. We have two bottom four DVOA teams on offense and defense. It's going to be absolutely horrible. I can't wait. It's going <laughs> to it's going to be a fun time. I, I you know, I looked up the the get-in price is $17. I'm surprised it's that high. I think they need to probably <laughs> cut the the prices of beer and everything for just the sake of the fans for their sanity because it's going to be an uh, uh, a really ugly game. And uh, but hopefully it's a close game. I mean, yeah, at least these teams kind of match up well in that case. Um, I'm you know, for everything that happened in Washington and with Jay Gruden and all the criticism about how he handled the situation I still, as as we've talked about before, am not a not a big Dan Schneider, Bruce Allen fan. I'm not, you know I'm not alone in that. I do think the Redskins are an absolute mess. The Dolphins are trying to suck. The Redskins are not, and they still <laughs> suck. And they have no real plan. It seems like for the future. And in this game, I just kind of picked a team that I, you know, at least I have, a, you know, going with their philosophy, going along with what they're actually trying to do, I believe a little bit more in the future of Miami. So maybe that, that kind of influenced me here. I, I feel like I could have flipped a coin, though. I mean, both these teams 
so bad. And I do think, as I've talked about, Josh Rosen, given his crappy circumstances, has made some pretty good throws. So maybe this will be a game where him and Preston, will, you know, Preston Williams have a great uh, statistical mm-hmm. uh, fantasy day. We'll see. The Redskins haven't really been able to stop anyone. Uh, didn't uh, Obviously, the Patriots are one thing, but even all the other opponents they've faced, we've seen that the Bears often struggle against a lot better opponents. So... Yeah, I'm going to go with Miami to win a football game, though. And that's the <laughs> definitely, as you said, it's a pretty uh, unbelievable statement to say, but it, uh, the Redskins are an unbelievably bad team as well. So we'll see well, what happens. Highway robbery here because this line started at 6.5 and, and is now down to 3.5 for anyone who is thinking twice about taking the Redskins in the 3.5 here. Please watch every game the Dolphins have played thus far this season. Watch every game the Redskins have played thus far this season, and you tell me which team is significantly better than the other one because I think the Redskins are still as bad as they've been. I think they're still significantly better than the Dolphins. Um, But as we know, a lot's been going on. You have the firing, all that stuff. Um, this, This is not going to be a pretty game, like Dylan said, by any means. But there's no way I can pick the Dolphins here. I'm going to still take the Redskins. Um, I even have it on the sheet. It says Dylan is nuts because I just – there's no way I can pick the Dolphins until I see the Dolphins win a game. Um, and I don't know that that's going to happen this year. If it does, it's probably going to have to be this one. Um, so there you go. So that it's pretty much all on the line here, if you ask me, uh, just based on, on what we've seen. Now, Dylan, you did mention Preston Williams. He was on my waiver wire. I think he was number four out on my list this week uh, because we – We've, we've talked about him week after week, really. He's been one of the, the lone, I guess, uh, shining spots on that team uh, just based on he seems like he's been the more consistent one of the group uh, of anyone on that offense. Uh, and then Adrian Peterson was my number one pickup of the week just because the Dolphins uh, have literally given up yeah. six million points uh, to fantasy running backs. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really any way you go here, you just it's going to be a complete glorious disaster. There are a few, just a couple stats I want to mention. I just saw it. So these teams are combined one and eight against the spread, which is just just glorious. And then you talk about the points. <laughs> so the, the over under is forty one. These teams combined combined average twenty point one points per game, but they give up <laughs> seventy one points per game combined. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't oh know. my gosh, these it's gonna be. I don't even. Yeah, I could go. I could see this being a really low scoring game or a high scoring game. I anything's on the table here. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I could see it being like 10 to 7. I could also see it being like 35 to 34 or something like exactly. it's just one of those games. Uh so yes, if you're if you're someone wanting to about the, even thinking about putting money on this game, the only place I'm going to tell you to do it is on the Redskins and the three and a half. <laughs> do not touch the over under. Um do not touch anything else. That's the and I would not put a lot of money on that like I said. Uh, I'm laughing about, you know, Dylan being crazy and stuff, but I mean, look, it's you got two bad teams. You never know what's going to happen, uh, but I still think the Redskins are a little bit better uh, in this spot. We'll see what happens, and if they actually run the ball, which uh, Bill Callahan's talked about, he wants to run the ball more, uh, this would be a good time to do it because the Dolphins are simply terrible uh, against uh, the run. So we'll see what happens there. Again, probably one of the most fascinating games of the week, no doubt, uh, which it's hard for you know me to believe we're saying that just because it's two bad teams, but I'm going to definitely be tuning into that one because uh, I want to see what happens there. Um <laughs> This is another one we'll probably be tuning into. It's my game of the week. Uh, so for all that excitement we have about the Redskins and the Dolphins, this is going to be my game of the week, and that is the Texans at the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs are four-and-a-half-point favorites here. Uh, you got the two of the best quarterbacks in the game going at it. 
and um, the Chiefs are, you know, kind of in a weird spot, Dylan, because uh, we've never, you know, mentioned never picking the Dolphins to win a game. Well, we've never been on this podcast, or, you know, we could have had a podcast last year and been in the same scenario uh, where Patrick Mahomes' team has scored as little points as they scored against the Colts. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a unique situation for the Chiefs, but for me, Maybe that was one of those games we always look at teams throughout the season and say that's kind of that one game that stands out where it's sort of a wake-up call, I guess, in some sense. Uh, For the Chiefs, that's not to take anything away from the Colts because they certainly earned the win. Uh, But this could be a spot now for the Chiefs where you're going to go up against a really bad secondary. And um, I I think the Chiefs are going to light up the scoreboard here. But I also think the Texans probably will too. So this is another one of those games, maybe the highest scoring game of the week. Uh, I'm still going to take the Chiefs here. Going back to our biggest questions for each team, I mean, we talked about the formula to beat Kansas City and the Colts. I mean, they executed it better than I – definitely expected and it's to control the clock keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and uh, you know obviously get pressure on him and you know he's still a guy that can get out of the pocket his one touchdown against Indianapolis was amazing and nothing the Colts defense could have done on that and that's going to happen but yeah like as you mentioned though the big thing here Houston secondary really just not it's still pretty bad and I know you know they've got some wins here but the secondary is a huge question mark the defense still hasn't really performed to you know a level where I'm going to really trust them in the playoffs or anywhere beyond uh, some of these regular season games against uh, weaker opponents than the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, picking the Chiefs for sure on that on that stance. I mean, I, I don't think the Texans are going to commit to the run the same way the Colts were willing to and are able to with their offensive line. They, you know, the Colts have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL as we've talked about, and they really had like kind of their shining game against Kansas City last week. I'm not going to see Houston have the same success. We've seen Kansas City feast on some of these. Uh, worse offensive lines with getting pressure on the quarterback Deshaun obviously doesn't you know obviously doesn't always make a difference with him he's such a great quarterback and the things he does are similar to what Patrick Mahomes can do so in in this yeah game of the week absolutely I think it's right on uh, par for that I picked another one but there's a few great games this week I think this is right up there I think Houston will still get some points but I just you know in these shootout games the Chiefs are just so tough to beat and I don't think the Texans are going to be able to kind of control the tempo in the way that they might have been able to say if Lamar Miller was healthy but We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's uh, it should be a good one. And again, just seeing what Deshaun Watson's done. I mean, you know, look at what Will Fuller's done. It's mm-hmm. just, man, they, they've got some options there, and it's probably a good thing because we still don't know what to expect from that running game week in and week out. But I don't think it's going to matter here. We know what's going to happen. Uh, both teams are going to pass the ball a lot, and uh, fifty-five is the over/under highest of the week. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising if, you know, both these teams at thirty. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked at all because it's kind of it's what we expect, not just from from these two teams, but also these two quarterbacks, which again, two of the best in the game uh, when it comes to producing points. So yeah, we'll both take the Chiefs here. Uh, definitely a huge game and uh, one that will probably be most exciting to watch probably of the week uh, if you're someone who loves offense that's for sure um all right let's move on to uh the saints heading to jacksonville to take on the fighting gardner Minshews. um <laughs> and uh we're back on board here dylan i mean look the jags are one point favorites here um the saints have certainly played pretty well a lot better than people yeah. thought they would after drew Brees went out with injury teddy bridgewater huge game last week um and michael thomas kind of back to his old self last week is this another situation where that happens that's what people want to know we don't know if Jalen ramsey's going to play that probably has a big impact on this game uh one way or the other and uh i don't know i'm, I'm still gonna I'm, I'm on the i'm on the train here man i'm staying with the mm-hmm. jags i just 
there's something about them, even the way you know they lost that game to Carolina last week. But I still was very impressed with them. I mean, and again, remember, Ramsey hasn't played. And so, um, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be there. Is he going to play? Is this going to be the case all year? He's going to get, you know, who knows? But I, this offense has just gotten so much better. And, you know, the DJ Chark, who I said weeks ago, you got to get on board. And I mean, <laughs> everybody's. Yeah, everybody's on board now because he has just been excellent. I mean, he's one of the best receivers uh, in the NFL this year, just in terms of the way he's played. Uh, and now, you know, you add all that together, you're going up against the Saints. Ah, it, it's going to be another one of those really fascinating, intriguing type of games. But I'll take the Jacks here. There's just something about them that I really like right now. Yeah, all these morning games are exciting. This is another one. All these spreads are so close. And a lot of great matchups, and it helps that so many of these teams that maybe we didn't expect as many things from are playing well, and then teams that we thought were going to be better are kind of playing more towards the middle of the pack. So, yeah, I mean, the Saints, I've been impressed with what they've done the last few weeks. I mean, obviously with Teddy Bridgewater, he definitely took some strides actually throwing the ball down the field quite a bit more last week against Tampa Bay. And overall, though, their defense is one thing that I, I think they've also stepped up a ton, obviously, in the, the game against the Seahawks where they scored a couple touchdowns on special teams and defense, and then overall holding the Cowboys uh, to 10 points. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do regardless of, you know, where the state of the Cowboys after the last couple of weeks is still impressive to me. And for Jacksonville, I think we, we saw their defense. It looked like the return of Saxonville. They had those two big weeks and then they go and they face better offensive lines and not really that great of offensive line actually in Denver. But then last week, um, you know, against the uh, just looking here for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, another great offensive line. I think they've kind of struggled a bit there and the, they started giving up more points. And Gardner Minshew does mitigate that a bit in the offense for them. I'm uh, absolutely excited about the Jags as well. I just think at this point I trust the Saints a bit more. I know they're on the road. They're not at the same team on the road, but we did see them go into Seattle and punch the Seahawks in the mouth. So it's going to be a fun one. I think Gardner Minshew will find a way to navigate that defense and still get some points on the board. But I think the Saints have enough weapons and enough overall depth to take this one. By the way, Gardner Minshew was my number two waiver wire pickup this week, which I know a lot of people thought was very strange. But let me just tell you why he was number two. He played the Saints this week, who have they're vulnerable in the secondary. They, they've got weaknesses. Um, and then here's here's the upcoming schedule after that: the Bengals, the Jets, and the Texans. All three are teams That's, that oh. can be exploited big time. And so, you know, if you're someone like myself in one of my leagues that really needs to get on a roll and rack up some wins over the next couple weeks in fantasy, um, you could do a lot worse because he may have the best three-game set after maybe this week, which, again, you could even count this game in there because I still think he's going to play pretty well. Um, I mean, he's got a huge matchups i mean in all Mm -hmm. of these so um that's something to consider uh, with that because uh yeah i just i mean again he's he's working his magic we mentioned dj chark and what he's been able to do it's just man i mean that they have they found something that works and uh again that's we're not even mentioned leonard fournette who just uh you know someone else who has really uh kind of improved his game to a point to where that they've got some things working there and uh We'll see what happens but yeah another game close line we'll see what happens but uh yeah we're both going to go different directions here but uh, should be another good game here and here we go for another one i mean it's just like you said they just keep coming and coming here because we got the eagles at the falcon or at the vikings um which the vikings are three-point favorites in this one another game where these are two teams that we both had in the playoffs uh we've talked about kind of their weaknesses at times that we've seen this year uh, but yet, th- there's still two teams that are very strong, still have playoff aspirations, still two teams 
That can go a long way in the postseason. And here they are squaring off uh, in Minnesota. Um, all right, Dylan, you, you we're going the opposite way again on this one. But uh, I'll tell you, I'm not confident about my pick, uh, but this should, again, this is another fantastic matchup between two really good teams. I've already picked a few uh, games against the spread uh, with uh, underdogs. I'm going to go with another one here with the Eagles. Uh, this will be my upset of the week, though, compared to, to the other ones. I mean, yeah. they're all kind of upsets. But I think for this one, it's more of – I almost made this also my game of the week. I, I, I always get excited for you know some of these top teams in the NFC facing off. And I think for the Eagles, part of why I'm picking them, I mean, over the last few weeks, last week was really kind of a dud. And I – you know – it kind of was a little bit discouraging. I thought they were going to crush the Jets by more than 25 points. I mean, that's still a decent amount. But if you watch the game, yeah, it didn't really feel like they were you know, moving the ball with ease like you'd expect against New York. And the Vikings' defense presents a much bigger challenge. But I do think uh, – I, I just can't get a, uh, the image out of my mind from their game against the Packers where they kind of dominated the offensive line and the defense line on both sides. They dominated the trenches, and we, we've talked a lot about the Vikings' struggles up front, and when they have struggles up front, we see Kirk Cousins uh, struggle quite a bit. When he has yeah. plenty of time like he did against the Giants, he looks fantastic. But against these better teams, I learned my lesson. I picked him against the Bears, <laughs> and guess what? He, they put up six points. Now they're facing the Eagles' defensive front, which even without some of their top guys, are still playing quite well and still generating pressure. And uh, I mean, they obviously against the Jets they did, but even in, going back to the Packer game against an offensive line that overall has played much better against everyone else they've faced so in this game that's the one big thing that comes into play for me I think another thing the Eagles one of the better run defenses in the NFL if they can keep Dalvin Cook uh, from having his explosive big long gains that's another part of the Vikings offense is so crucial to what they do I think uh, there's enough on the Eagles offense on the flip side where they'll be able to navigate through the Vikings defense we've seen the Vikings defense against some of these better offenses struggle a bit so gonna go with Philadelphia but another great game I think it's just gonna be uh, like you said possibly two playoff teams even though these teams are both sitting at three and two but really the whole NFC is kind of sitting around that record and yeah uh, outside of the Niners obviously undefeated but overall there's a lot of great teams and uh, I think this is gonna be another good game in the morning slate yeah I'm gonna take the Vikings but uh, again you know it goes back to Kirk Cousins against the winning team you know what do you do and how do you look at it and and so you've got all these different things and uh, but but I think they they've built a little bit of momentum here to where maybe they're finally all on the same page when it comes to Kirk Cousins Adam Thielen maybe Stefan Diggs you know it's just I don't know, and, and I, there's some some opportunity against the secondary, and so there's a lot of things that I feel like the Vikings could do to exploit some of those weaknesses. Uh, but this is this is a game I think that is going to tell us a lot more about the Vikings than it will the Eagles, in my opinion, because I, mm-hmm. this is one where you're at home, you're against a team where you feel like there are some things that you can exploit uh, for, in terms of offense to defense. And you have to be able to do it. And if you you can't, then it's like, well, there's another game you've left on the table. And well, where do you go from here? And so this is one. If the Vikings can win this game, that gives them a lot more confidence. It gives them a lot of momentum here. And uh, you're going to feel a lot better about things versus, you know, a win against the Giants is a little bit different than a win against the Eagles. And so if they're able to come out and win this game, you're probably going to feel a little bit better about the Vikings moving forward, you know, because they, you know, they go, they play at Detroit, you know, it's the next game. And so there's, there's a, I mean, they've, they've got a schedule that's not particularly easy, Dylan, when you think about it. I mean, they're mm-hmm. at Detroit. They're at home against the Redskins, which, okay, you give them that one. That's on a short week, though, next uh, the following Thursday. Then you've got to go to Kansas City. Then you go to Dallas. 
And so, I mean, you know, three of their next yeah. four games are on the road against really good opponents. So this is a game that you pretty much have to win, I think, if you're the Vikings. Yeah, they like you mentioned, they have a much tougher slate coming up. These are, but again, I mean, the Eagles are right there. I think with the Lions, with some of these opponents. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. All these teams in the NFC, though, it feels like have tough schedules. So it's, yeah. at some point, Kirk Cousins is going to have to come up big and win one of these games against these better teams. And you know, until I start to see it, I'm not going to really believe it as much. But I do, <laughs> I do believe as I've talked about quite a few times, the Vikings' overall strength as a team. So, and I do think that Kirk Cousins can come through. I just need to see it first. I think at this yeah. point. And yep. yeah, I mean, two their whole schedule is tough, but yeah, I mean, even the, like I'm looking down further, they face the Broncos. Broncos are probably the you know they're one and four, but they're probably you know could easily be three and two. They got some tough teams, and it's not going to be easy unless uh, this offense can keep clicking. Yep, we'll see what happens there. We're both going to take uh, different stances on this game. Again, another great game. We're not going to take different stances on this next one though, because no. <laughs> uh, we're not we're not crazy. And that's the Bengals going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens are 11-point favorites in that one. Um, I mean, again, we're both uh, – let's just call it what it is. We're both going to pick the Ravens here. But um, the Bengals, man, I tell you, I had a lot of fun, Dylan, on the Bengals bandwagon for about two days. <laughs> after, after week one, uh, if anyone wants to go back and listen, you just hear – the excitement in my voice after watching the Bengals play that week one game against the Seahawks and feeling really good about some of the things they were doing. And you're like, man, maybe they're not going to be in Dolphins territory. Maybe they're going to be okay. And yet here we are. They're not okay. And uh, they are in Dolphins territory to an extent. Um, So the positive is that A.J. Green is returning to practice. So maybe that gives them a boost uh, here at some point. Probably not this week, but uh, maybe the following week. We'll see. Uh, For now, though, the Ravens are a team that, you know, we were. The Ravens are another one of those teams where you go all the way back to week one. You saw what they did against the Dolphins. You're like, my goodness, this is going to be a Super Bowl team easy. Um, But yet, you know, we play some tougher teams. You start to realize just where the Dolphins are. And so the, the Ravens have kind of. They've been up and down. That um, there's still some things, you know. We were all very quick to jump on Lamar Jackson after that, you know, first couple games. We we're just so excited about what they can do. But look, it's, there's still some inconsistency there. Um, the good news is that you get the Bengals now, who are very vulnerable on defense, um, and so that should uh, give the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Marquise Brown. I think they're all uh, in really great spots here for that that offense to put mm-hmm. up some points. You're talking about the Bengals' optimism after week one. Uh, there might be no better sign that the NFL is a week-to-week league than I believe week two we both picked the Niners to uh, lose <laughs> to the Bengals. <laughs> of course, yep, that went the we other did. way quite by quite a few points. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, in this one, uh, you know, like you said, the Ravens have kind of struggled and against some of these better teams and kind of hard to get a feel for them. Like you said, we were all jumping on the bandwagon and they had that – it was going to be the game of the year in week three against the Chiefs. And, you know, they, they did – fight back and it was you know competitive at the end but over the last couple weeks they really have not played up to the standard that we thought they'd play especially Lamar Jackson last week I mean we it was so inspiring through the first few weeks of all these you know excellent throws down the field great decision making and then last week it just felt like he was throwing the ball to Pittsburgh at will I mean they're they're lucky they won that game it easily I mean if they don't get a couple of those drives on the field that obviously the punch out on the juju fumble and overtime it, it was a tough game, and Pittsburgh, especially with uh, having Mason Rudolph come out too, and they're still struggling to st- uh, stop the Steelers' offense. It was, 
It was tough to see, but I think, like you said, it's the Bengals. This offensive line for Cincinnati, as much as I've talked crap about the Texans' offensive line, talked bad <laughs> about the Browns' offensive line, all these other teams, the Bengals might have the worst offensive line in the NFL. They can't stop anyone. We've seen that so far in all their games. And I think the Ravens, are their defense is going to have a better showing, kind of like we saw maybe in Miami early in the year. I think the offense will get it going again. The Bengals also can't stop anyone on the ground. This is one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. I'm picking the says my lock of the week at 11 points. I feel like we've picked a lot of teams at double digit <laughs> point spreads <laughs> as our locks of these weeks, and most of the time we've been right uh, because these are really bad teams uh, that are just on a different yeah. level of, of suck at this point. <laughs> well, that's it's just the way to put it. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, but like you said, I do think you make a point here because. When you think about it, the Ravens are 11-point favorites here against a really bad team. Um, and and just knowing that what the strengths of the Ravens are, what the weaknesses of the Bengals are, it's uh, there's a lot of points on the board possibly there for the Ravens. Now, I was just looking this up because I always forget. We have to factor something in because we're talking about football, and that's weather. Um, you know, I, I had the Patriots as my lock of the week. We mentioned that game a little earlier. Well, mm-hmm. high winds, high chance of rain. So maybe mm. it's just so ugly to where, you know, maybe it's a situation where, let's say, you know, you get a fumble here or there, a giant scoop it up, score yeah. a touchdown, something crazy like that. Uh, and maybe that game's a little closer than it should be. That's okay. I'm still going to go with the weather. I'm going to say it makes the Giants <laughs> worse on offense, which, uh, Probably. again, I, I already have them not scoring any points. So if you add the weather factor into it, <laughs> Um, I don't know what they're going to do. So, uh, yeah, but but I think Ravens and, and Patriots, we always talk about our, our locks of the week. They certainly seem like the best ones. And in a weird way, they're both double-digit favorites. So it's like, well, you get a little worried sometimes. Are they really going to be able to cover that? Uh, but they still, I mean, both of them, given the matchups, you feel pretty good about both those teams heading into this week. All right, let's still roll into the afternoon games. Uh, after such a wild morning slate, uh, the afternoon games will start with another wild one. And speaking of points, let me just put this out here as a public service announcement. Um, I don't care who you have on the Falcons or the Cardinals in fantasy football. You are playing every single person imaginable because both of these defenses are going to give up points, especially the Falcons, which we saw last week. Um, If you're a Larry Fitzgerald owner, um, if you are a Julio Jones owner, a Calvin Ridley owner, uh, if Christian Kirk plays, all of these guys, like they've got to play. Matt Ryan, I don't care. Like just everybody because these two defenses are just not very good. And the problem is that the two offenses are, are actually not terrible. And yeah. um, I know the Falcons have struggled. You know, we've talked about scoring points and all that. But the Falcons, Dylan, and this is everybody's talked about this, they are exactly where they were last year, where they are going to be playing from behind. They're going to have to throw it yeah. 50-something times a game. And they're going to put up points, but they're going to give up a lot of points. And there is no, you know, this is the perfect matchup for them, if you ask me, because you are playing a team that, that's not great. And so for the Falcons, like, I know it's on the road, but, like, they have to win this game. Like, there's no other way to put it. They yeah. have to win this game. No, it's been brutal. I mean, Atlanta, if you talked to anyone in their front office before their season, I'm sure they would have told you they felt they were right in contention for the NFC, and now they're sitting here 1-4. and four. It feels like a long way up again, just like last year, and their defense is a big reason why. Uh, both these teams have bottom six uh, defenses by DVOA, but the Falcons, especially pass defense, 30th. I mean, 
it's it's brutal. <laughs> you can't if you if you can't stop teams in the modern NFL through the air, at least to a certain extent, at least slow them down. You're going to get crushed. And we saw it last week with Houston putting up plus 50 points. I mean, uh, I that was kind of why I picked Houston last week, and I, I think it's a, another reason I did consider the Cardinals here. But the Cardinals barely eked out a win against a Bengals team that I am, couldn't be lower on at this point. So I, I'm picking the Falcons as well. I, I do think they have they have more talent just overall. They got to figure it out here. I mean, at least to an extent to win a game. I mean, if, if Atlanta can't win this game, just call it a season. I mean, if you're if you're one and five, you lose at Arizona. <laughs> I mean, there's nowhere for you to go in the NFC. There's too many good teams. You're not going to be able to work from back from one and five to the playoffs. It's going to be nearly impossible. Uh, I think they'll, like you said, though, Arizona's defense also really bad. It's going to hopefully be a big week for Austin Hooper and my fantasy team. For uh, as we talk <laughs> yes. about every week, the Cardinals cannot defend tight ends. And, but overall, they can't really defend the passing game overall, and their uh, run defense isn't good. The Falcons, seventh in run defense by DVOA. So, I mean, David Johnson, obviously a threat through the air as well. Questionable, but should be able to go. So it should be a good fantasy game. Uh, other than that, I mean, unlike the morning slate, I think out of these four games we're going to get to in the afternoon, there's only really one that I'm really looking forward to um, from a, just a football perspective. But fantasy-wise, I think this one has a lot of potential at least. Well, I wish someone would have told the Bengals that how bad the Cardinals were in terms of tight ends because I, I used Tyler Eifert, I think, in every single yeah. DraftKings lineup I had last week, and um, that did not do me any favors because, again, you're just exploiting the Cardinals uh, against tight ends. And Austin Hooper, who, you know, he's not exactly at the bottom of the, the, the row. I mean, he's one of the, been one of the better tight ends in the NFL this year. So lock Austin Hooper in no matter what you're playing because – uh, he should have a huge game here again, as should all of these guys. Uh, this is going to be an offensive showcase. And, uh, again, the, the, the number of plays matters too here, Dylan, because remember when we were playing the Cardinals, you're going to get more play. I mean, you just know how many plays there are in a game mm-hmm. because of how they run their offense. That just gives more opportunity. So uh, this is a fantasy lover's dream. Uh, it's not maybe a pure football fan's dream, but uh, it's Hopefully. still. It's I mean, go- if Kyler plays well, maybe, I guess. I mean, it yeah. could be a fun game to watch him potentially break out. But, yeah, yeah. it's very true. <laughs> yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, 100% lock for me. Uh, again, there's just there's so many different guys in this game that are, are going to have a chance to put up uh, ridiculous stats. So we'll see what happens there uh, in that one. Uh, a little bit more. Or probably uh, a better game in terms of a, from a playoff perspective in this next one. That is the 49ers, uh, still undefeated, hitting the road, take on the Rams. Uh, Three-and-a-half-point favorites are the Rams, who are coming off of that game uh, against the Seahawks, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, the Todd Gurley factor here is something to consider as, uh, you know, it seems like sort of up in the air at this point whether he's going to play in this game. Uh, if he doesn't, don't be an idiot like me and drop Malcolm Brown yesterday. Uh, make sure you keep him on your bench uh, because uh, that is something to always consider mm-hmm. here as we move forward from fantasy-wise. Um, Dylan, I think for this one, look, we, we know what the Rams are. Uh, yes, that they've had a couple of disappointing losses, uh, the Bucks and the Seahawks, but we still kind of know what what we're getting from the Rams. I mean, this is a team that's going to be right there at the end of the season. We'd be surprised if they're not. Uh, but it really is, to me, this is about the 49ers. I mean, it's, you know, it's a thing where I told you this. Yes, mm-hmm. they're still undefeated, but but myself and there are probably others that are still like, okay, I know they are, but, like, like are we for sure on this? Like, can I really mm-hmm. trust them yet? Um, and that's what I want to know. And and I don't know that maybe just – I can't just say, you know, let's say they lose this game. Well, I'm not trusting the 49ers. It all depends on how the game unfolds, what what you kind of see 
uh, how they play in this type of game. But there's a part of me that says, okay, they're definitely for real. But there's also a part of me that's like, well, beat the Rams, and then I'll feel <laughs> a lot better about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as we talked about last week, I, I have bought into the 49ers, and sure enough, against the Browns, I didn't expect them to win by that many points, but I did think they'd win, and sure enough, their defense has stayed dominant. Their defensive line looks like one of the best in the NFL at this point. If they can stay healthy, that was a big thing last year. We, I mean, we talked about this earlier in some of these other podcasts where they, they went 4-12, and but they had so many injuries, such a tough schedule. Nick Mullins looked amazing in that offense still, and they're still able to run the ball, and that's the big thing you saw against Cleveland. I mean, this the, Kyle Shanahan, for I mean, Mike, his father, Mike Shanahan, obviously one of the better uh, offensive minds with running the ball. And we're seeing Kyle Shanahan kind of take it to another level with some of the things they did last week with motion and just the way that they get the angles for their blockers for these holes. I mean, Matt Breda, yes, great running back. But all these guys, any running back in the NFL would be able to run through the holes they were generating in that game. I'm picking the Rams. I really did think about picking the 49ers. I think a big part of this, uh, some a few things. I mean, the Rams obviously played on Thursday night last week, and the 49ers played on Monday night. That's a huge difference in rest between these two teams. You go on to another thing, Sean McVay in his career, 10-1 and one as a head coach with extra time to prepare. The only loss, obviously, in the Super Bowl to Bill Belichick against real, you know, normal head coaches. He's 10-0 and 0 <laughs> and uh, against the spread 8-0 or 8-2, I believe, in those games, too. So picking the Rams here, I do think you know the defense still a big question mark Seattle as we see when they let Russell Wilson do his thing they're going to be able to score points so I'm not as discouraged maybe as I was the week before against Tampa Bay by their defense but I still think that that's a big question mark I was more encouraged by their offense I do think they took a huge step forward it's going to be a big test here against the 49ers though this defense has taken huge strides the secondary that was one of the worst NFL last year is suddenly looking like a top five unit they're the number one overall DVOA team at this point above the Patriots and that you know that takes into account the quality of your opponent so uh, a lot of reasons why I could go for the 49ers I just think the Rams I mean three and two if they lose this game they're in a, a tough place that division too with Seattle looking up at Seattle and the 49ers it's going to be a big game I kind of wish it was moved to the Sunday night slate not just because you know I have rooting interest for the Rams but because uh, the, as we'll get to the Sunday night game a game that I'm sure before the year uh, the schedule makers thought was going to be a great one and now it's uh, not looking like the matchup we were, uh, thought it would be whereas this is uh, potentially the game of the week I didn't pick it but I almost did I think it's gonna be a great one yeah you could have picked again I'd probably put four or five of these games ahead of that or maybe even more ahead of that sunday night game <laughs> yeah. uh yeah but, but like you said you can't predict injuries and it's one where look there's it, it kind of is what it is but we'll get to that but yeah it's i'm taking the rams too and and it's because of what i said earlier i mean it's just uh, i know the 49ers are undefeated and i still think in the back of my mind i know they're they're really good um but uh, there, there's just more you know there's more you want to see and uh the defense for sure i mean we've seen how well the defense has played um and now it's just matter of can they go in and get a win like this because if you go in and get a win like this then you're not just talking winning a division or something like that I mean you're you know people are starting to to talk about you as a a deep playoff type of team um if you can prove that you can go in you know beat the defending NFC champs there and and have a a huge win like that to to stay undefeated uh that would undoubtedly be their biggest win of the season uh to this point without a doubt so yeah another great game there uh in that one we'll both take the Rams uh speaking of uh teams that uh just not sure about I think you say that about these two teams but on a much different level than the 49ers uh the titans at the broncos the broncos 
two and a half point favorites in this one. Dylan, I think uh, we're recording this here on Thursday. I saw a photo earlier of uh, the entire stadium there at Mile High uh, with snow packed everywhere. Uh, apparently, a lot of snow there today. So um, I don't, you know, it's Denver. Is there going to be snow there on Sunday? Probably not. Uh, again, yeah. how, how quickly things change there. Uh, but uh, you know, here we are again with the Titans. Um, I just, yeah, who knows, right? I mean, we, we don't know what this team's going to do. We go back to that game against the Bills. They had every opportunity in the world last week to, to beat the Bills, and they just could not make enough plays. And it's one of those deals with the Titans where I know how well Marcus Mariota has played this season just from a number standpoint, but this is still a team that just lacks that it factor on offense. They just don't have the intangibles. Uh, to me, to ever feel like you can trust them on offense. Their defense, you feel bad because their defense has actually been pretty good uh, for the most part. And so now they go into a Broncos team that has a lot of momentum after getting that win against the Chargers, a team that has all this confidence, you know, finally getting a win. I just don't think you can pick against the Broncos here with everything I said about the Titans just because I I don't trust the Titans in this scenario. I don't ever trust the Titans Mm -hmm. probably in any scenario. But uh, especially maybe not in this one, just because the Broncos are feeling a little bit better about themselves, and they, and they did look pretty good against the Chargers. As somebody who picked the Titans to win the AFC South, I probably should pick them in this <laughs> game, but for a lot of the same reasons that you just mentioned, I'm picking Denver. As I said earlier, I think they're much better than a, their 1-4 record, and a t- couple really tough losses right at the end of their games. And uh, to go out there and kind of... I mean, we talked about it before that Chargers-Denver game. I was saying, even though I picked the Chargers, I was like, I don't know. I mean, Denver, they won the previous year in Los Angeles in that game, and uh, it kind of just matched up well, and sure enough, they were able to take that one away, and I'm picking them here again. I I think they're, uh, you know, they, they found something a little bit in that game. Charger defense obviously is down, but I think the Denver offense is, does enough and has done enough to win some games over the last few weeks despite only having the one win, whereas the Titans, I mean, they do go from one of the best defenses in the NFL in Buffalo to a Denver one that isn't quite playing up to uh, what you'd expect from Vic Fangio. But, I mean, last week they did kind of start coming together a bit more and starting to make plays. I don't know if that was more Philip Rivers just not looking like himself or if it was really what they're doing. But overall, Tennessee at this point, I just still, <laughs> like you said, you don't really trust either <laughs> of these teams. But really, Tennessee, it's hard to trust them on the road in a game that, you know, for them at two and three, uh, this is the one you got to have. You're going to have a lot of tougher games down the, down the down their slate. I mean, Denver, not, not an easy opponent, but still not one that you don't think as a t- Titans fan that you could probably beat. But in this one, I'm going to pick Denver in a probably close game. That two and a half spreads probably right on. It's probably a field goal game either way. Well, and we talk about the Broncos, and I think what people have maybe failed to realize just because of how good they or how bad their record has been, like Corlin Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders have been really good. Like they've mm-hmm. like they have been really really good together this year. And you know everybody was talking about Corlin Sutton last year, and it's like, well, when is he going to finally maybe have that consistency? Is he really going to break out? Well, we've seen that thus far, and they have been in situations where they've had to pass the ball more. Um, but I think they're both in good spots in this game. I also think AJ Brown, who we mentioned. I mean, again, after the Falcons game, he's not getting huge targets because we don't trust that offense at all. 
but I still think he's someone could have a big game here. Um, the wide receivers, from a fantasy perspective, very interesting to me in this game because um, you just kind of you look at there's some, some pretty good players at wide receiver, uh, mm-hmm. knowing, like I said, with Sanders and Sutton and then A.J. Brown, who is seemingly the most trustworthy on that Titans offense. So uh, this could, could be a game that's maybe a, has a little bit more scoring than expected, but I don't know. I mean, again, it's can you really trust either one of these two teams uh, and can you really trust the Titans? And we know where I stand on that. Um, so, yeah, we'll both take the Broncos here because uh, I just, I don't know. I just don't know how you pick the Titans knowing that they are continuing to be, that their inconsistency is just, it hurts, man. And, and knowing where they were, the lose that game the way they did, uh, which certainly the kicking situation had a lot to do with it. When you miss four field goals, that doesn't help you. I mean, they, they would have won the game if they made the field goals. But um, overall, there's just, there's a lot of things that, uh, that they still have to prove if they're going to be a team mm-hmm. uh, that makes the playoffs. So, um, next up, the Cowboys heading to the Big Apple to take on the New York Jets, who will have Sam Darnold back, uh, will not have Chris Herndon back, who uh, he was on my waiver wire pickups list this week, uh, knowing that he was probably going to get a ton of targets. However, uh, injury setback, so won't play this week, apparently may not play next week, so we'll have to hold off on that for a bit. Uh, Cowboys are seven-point favorites here. I look, I'm taking the Cowboys. There's there's no way you can pick the Jets in this spot just because we don't know what they're going to look like, even with Sam Darnold back. Uh, the Cowboys, they had their frustrations, certainly, against uh, the Packers, but uh, at the end of the day, the, the Jets are not the Packers. And uh, for me, Dylan, that makes it a pretty confident pick here uh, for the Cowboys. Yeah, I almost made this my lock of the week. I think part of why I didn't was uh, they have all these injuries in the offensive line. I mean, hopefully all these guys will be able to go, but you have three of your best offensive linemen and Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Lael Collins, all questionable with injuries from last week. And the Cowboys in this game, I think obviously the Jets defense has struggled against everyone. I think we're finally going to be able to see them kind of come out and, you know, we see what they did against these worst teams in the first three weeks of the season where everyone's talking about them like a Super Bowl contender now kind of come <laughs> back to earth against two better defenses. Uh, they still put up some passing yards last week, but turned the ball over quite a bit. The Jets are not a team that's really forced that many turnovers, not a defense that's really threatened anyone. I thought they'd be better than they've looked throughout this season. Uh, in this game, too, with Sam Darnold, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much the spread that would have changed. I mean, Luke Falk's pretty bad but uh, I imagine the spread if Luke Falt was in instead of Sam Darnold would have been a lot higher and I don't think he's quite worth that many points so I still do think the Cowboys <laughs> are going to cover here I think we'll see their uh, running game get it going again even with the injuries on their offensive line the Jets just at this point like you said how can you possibly pick them yeah it's just it's hard to do and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup I think are in really good spots here for for them to have a big game and you like to see Dak have a have a bounce back game here um it's a it's a good spot to do it in and yeah, this this is one where, you know, the Cowboys, we mentioned that schedule, and this is part of that. Like, yeah, this is one of those games you got to win, especially where you are right now. Um, they, they've got to win this game because if they don't win this game, they kind of put themselves in a, in a, in a rough spot because this is one you feel like you should win because it goes back to what we keep saying about the NFC. If you're a team in the NFC trying to make the playoffs, um, there's just so many teams grouped together that – You've got to you got to win games like this, and so uh, it's one where the Cowboys should be able to go in, 
take care of business uh and i'll just tell you i picked up the cowboys defense in in a lot of leagues because i i just think that there's a lot of potential fantasy wise for them to to really pick up some points here um because look sam darnold's coming back from you know, he's not just coming back from like an injury or something. You know, he's coming back from like a an illness, and so uh, I mean, it's it, that takes a lot out of you. Something like that when you have mono. I mean, that's something where it's taking him a while, as we know, Dylan. And so something yep. like that, it, it is. It's it's something where I think the Jets are eventually going to be okay, but uh, this week probably not against the team that uh, is again one of one of the better teams in the NFC still uh, and they need to, to kind of go out and probably prove it in this matchup all right that gets us to the Sunday night game we talked about it a few minutes ago um, you can't control what the matchups are but uh, the Steelers at the Chargers which again looked a lot better before the season started yep. uh, now probably not so much uh, the Chargers are six and a half point favorites here and even that, the Chargers, another team, uh, when we mentioned inconsistency, we, we keep grouping the Titans and Chargers together. We kind of done that since we started the podcast, really, when we talk about teams that sometimes we just don't trust. Well, we saw that with the Chargers last week, losing to the Broncos. Now they play a Steelers team who, uh, you know, on their third-string quarterback. And, like, the Chargers should win this game. <laughs> But it's like, yeah. do we do we really trust ourselves when we say that? Because uh, they definitely should win this game, and I think they will. Um, because uh, look, offensively for the Steelers right now, I just don't know where where they go. Like, uh, I don't know what to, what you do offensively, um, and it's just one of those deals where you these are things you can't really you know you don't go into a season preparing for these types of scenarios where you're on your third-string quarterback. Um, it certainly limits what someone like Juju is going to be able to do, especially, I mean, Casey Hayward's going to be probably matched up with him this week. So, like, there's mm-hmm. that's, that's a bad matchup any way you look at it. And so all those different things, I just don't see the Steelers find enough points here to, to make this interesting, honestly. I'm, I'm picking the Chargers as well in this game, but I'm, I also, again, I, the fact that I'm even considering – well, I was in this moment picking the Steelers, kind of switching it over on a third-string QB. Says a lot about the state of the Chargers and what they've put on the field over the last few weeks. They're, somehow their defense is – I mean, I know they've had some injuries, but, man, they've looked pretty brutal, uh, especially last week against Denver and on offense. I mean, what – Phillip Rivers did not look like himself. I mean, if, if he can't get going, their offense is in huge trouble. I mean, they rely so much on him being able to be – the quarterback they've had for you know 15 years or however many it's been now and if he's going to start to decline at this point yeah i could see them losing this game i'm going to stick with them i i did read a little bit ago that the steelers are not sure who their starting quarterback will be there they might have mason rudolph back which would just be ridiculous to consider given what we saw on sunday and how that wasn't just any concussion that was that was something else that was an incredibly scary moment. And the fact that he was a limited participant in practice already is nuts enough. The fact that he would possibly play, I, I, I can't see him going, though. I still think they're going to stick with Delvin Hodges. And yeah. he did look okay at moments in that game. And sh- sure, the Steelers could find a way. Their offensive line has been solid, and their defensive line has had quite a number of sacks. And with the Chargers, with the, with the way they're playing, I don't know. I just don't really <laughs> trust the Chargers. I don't. This isn't a game where I would pick the Chargers to cover a six-and-a-half-point yeah. spread. And the, again, the the fact that I can't say that against a, a third-string quarterback, man, it's. I know we both picked the Chargers to make the playoffs, but and the AFC overall, you know, the NFC. I think I read is 16 and eight against AFC teams so far this year. The NFC is definitely a superior conference as a whole, even though the top two teams in the NFL are probably still in the AFC. Um, so the Chargers, at least they're in a weaker conference, but man, they're 
they've been really disappointing so far. <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but to be honest with you, like I may trust one of those AFC South teams over the Chargers at this point, like the Texans <laughs> or the Jags. Jags. Um, yes. Like I, again, I'm not putting the Titans in that group. Let's just point that out. But like <laughs> I could trust one of those two teams maybe over the Chargers uh, right now because yeah, like you said, it's just it's a situation where. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. And we mentioned that we were laughing earlier about staying away from the Redskins-Dolphins game because they're just such two bad teams. I, If you're someone betting money, there's I'm not touching this game because um, it's one where you don't know what you're getting from the Chargers. We don't know what the Steelers are going to have. Uh, you know, And it's just there's no way. Like This is a game where <laughs> I don't want any part of this game um, except unless I'm playing fantasy football and I got Keenan Allen on the field. Like That's it. Like I don't, I don't see anything else that makes me feel great about this. Uh, maybe Austin Eckman, Melvin Gordon, but yeah, it's it's a game where I could see it playing out in a lot of different ways, just because we know where things are at for these two teams right now, and we've still got a lot of questions about the Chargers uh, as if they're going to be able to be to be a team that's uh, in the playoff race. Um, all right, we wrap it up with the Monday night matchup between the Detroit Lions, who will head to Lambeau Field take on the Green Bay Packers. Packers are four-point favorites in that one. Um, you know, this is this feels good. A nice primetime matchup that has a lot of juice to it, as we saw with that Chiefs and Colts game uh, last week. And now you've got one here where we've said it for a couple weeks now. The Lions have really looked pretty good. And that division is just wide open at this point when you see how the, the pieces are, are meshing together there. Uh, and then you have the Packers who went in and, and really, I know with the score, it's a pretty convincing win against the Cowboys last week. Mm-hmm. And, and now you get to come back to Lambeau. Um, for me, that certainly sets up well for the Packers here. Uh, you know, the, the four-point line maybe a little – low for some people but i think that speaks more to to how well the lions have played to this point uh but still this just isn't a game where you feel like the packers are going to lose uh just because i mean they they did like they were pretty impressive against the cowboys yeah i think the packers in the last 20 years or so have lost once or twice to the lions at home it's and they've been both recent games i mean the packers for so long just seem to dominate this rivalry whenever the games are at lambeau i have it as my game of the week though because as you mentioned the lions have looked pretty promising i mean the Obviously, the Chiefs ended up coming away with that win, but uh, a couple weeks ago. But coming off this bye week, the Lions have a lot of momentum. I, you know, if they can find a way to win this game, you're feeling. I mean, there's a, there's going to be a lot of hype around them. There already is a decent amount, but if they can go into Green Bay after what they did against the Cowboys last week and get a win, uh, you can't not be optimistic about Detroit. I am picking the Packers. Um, as I said, though, game of the week, I do think it's going to be really close. I think that four-point spread, again, is probably pretty fitting. I, I could see the Packers you know, winning. I think they're going to win, but I could see it being three points or seven. It's going to be pretty tough to pick on that spread for me. Uh, their defense, you know, as much as they did struggle up front, and they continue to have, I think, their 28th in defensive DVOA on the ground. Uh, their pass defense has been much better. And for the Lions, a team that wants to establish the run, they've been one of the worst teams by DVOA running the ball better on uh, throwing. So not the best matchup for what their strengths are at this point i think green bay is going to be able to force some turnovers i don't think uh, carry on johnson's going to be able to get it going as much as he might be able to in other weeks against kansas city and some of these other teams even though green bay still struggled up front it should be fun though i you know again detroit anytime you know before the season this wasn't one game of the monday night slate that really stood out but i think again it's really kind of unlike the steelers chargers game this one is kind of with the way things have gone gotten more and more exciting really excited to see that as you mentioned this whole division in the nfc north is so strong and i I, it's really hard to say who the worst team is at this point you just have optimism for everyone 
Yeah, it's a it's a really good game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe not the Bears because, uh, yeah, it's probably a good thing the Bears get the week off, and we didn't have the podcast earlier in the week, uh, so they didn't really get uh, our reaction to that win for the Raiders. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, we'll pick back up on that next week. But but yeah, it's uh, it's one where you look at how these two teams are playing and uh, a sneaky good game, which it shouldn't be a sneaky good game at this point if you've, you've seen the Lions play. Uh, they're certainly in, in a really good spot here, and, and I think a lot of this comes down to to divide. Devontae Adams too because you know we saw the Packers win that game without Devontae Adams and now uh you know you're going up against the Lions team where I don't think Adams practiced on on Thursday which we're recording this on Thursday and so you don't really know his status just yet um but I mean look guys are stepping up and and that's when you have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball it's just somehow it's it that's how it works but then again you know Aaron Jones had all those touchdowns and so uh yeah this is a there's a lot of intriguing aspects of this matchup and it's going to be a pretty fun one uh, I think here because the Lions are good enough uh, to make this thing uh, a close game without a doubt and uh we still feel like the Packers are probably gonna uh, be in a good spot here to pick up another victory all right that does it. That wraps up our picks for all week six games. In the NFL, uh, you've got our good, our bad, and uh, the games that we think uh, could certainly be better than the rest. Uh, Dylan, it should be another fun week. Uh, and for anybody who wants to catch up uh, on not just all the great stuff we have here on the podcast, but also all our NFL stuff at Clutch Points, uh, let them know where they can find all of that. Yeah, you can download the Clutch Points app in the NFL section. We have our scores section with all these live feeds with uh, social media reactions, kind of interactive things you can do during the games if you're not able to watch or as a compliment to watching. Definitely check that out. I think we've uh, made a lot of great additions there, especially over these last few weeks. And then also all of our all of our NFL contents in the app. If you go to the website, clutchpoints.com, uh, to the NFL tab, all NFL stuff is there. If you search fantasy football, we'll have all of our fantasy content. Eventually, we are going to have, again, that fantasy football section really excited to get that going eventually on the website and yeah for the podcast on apple spotted spotify itunes um uh, soundcloud pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast if you're listening right now you already know that so we'll try to get it out to some more outlets too and uh excited for this week it's gonna like we said a lot of fun games and a lot of competitive games yeah for sure and uh, you mentioned the, the fantasy page we'll have that in the works uh here eventually and we'll also start doing our own rankings which we've been working on here uh so lots of great stuff uh from fantasy perspective but also just from a football perspective you don't play fantasy at all you still get a lot of great stuff uh, nfl wise over clutch points so be sure to check all that out and uh we will talk to you guys next time on the establish the past podcast